Listen to me, Chewy. Chewy, this won't help me. Hey, save your strength. There'll be another time. The princess, you have to take care of her. You hear me? Huh? Welcome, everyone, from across the universe to the Wampa's Lair podcast. Star Wars is for everyone, so pull up a chair, get comfortable, and join the conversation with your hosts, Carl LeClaire and Jason Hunt, here in the Wampa's Lair. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Wampa's Lair podcast. This is episode number 386. Be proud. I'm as always your host, Jason Hunt, and with me, the Ahsoka Tano and Anakin Skywalker to my Obi-Wan Kenobi. We got Carla Claire and Emily Pelletier is back today. Hey, guys. It's good to be back. Oh, great. Somebody brought Snips along. My favorite person. Yeah, all right, Sky Guy. <laughs> oh, Emily, you just finished day two of your first adult job. I did. It's wild. Uh, I'm working 10-hour days because we're so busy at work. Um, but, hey, I'm making good money in overtime. And wh- uh, what exactly are you doing? So I'm working in an environmental lab. So this company does a lot of um, testing of environmental samples, so soil and water and air. Uh, And I'm doing all of the soil and water um, prep work that will go on to be analyzed uh, for different kinds of metals. Wow. Look out for the blue shadow virus from Naboo. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Not in the micro. I'm not in the uh, microbiology lab, so I don't think I have to worry about viruses. Oh, shocking, Emily. You don't know anything about biology. No, I don't, because biology is built on chemistry, and therefore my thing is more fundamental than biology. So for all of you, in case you're either new or have not been with us on an episode with Emily, Emily was a student at the college I used to work at, and whenever I had issues when I wasn't feeling well, I'd ask Emily what was wrong, because she was a scientist. She'd always remind me she's not a biologist. (laughs) Biology and chemistry are two different fields, surprisingly. I know, as you've reminded me a lot. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just glad none of us are here suffering from the blue shadow virus. <laughs> <laughs> Thought you'd like that. Um, so, y'all, we are here. Uh, Camp Jason, first off, I've missed you. It's been a, it's been a bit. It has been a bit. I've missed you too, buddy. Yeah, I'm glad you're back. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you're doing good after your 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 surgery, dude. Yeah, me too. It was it was a little slow going there for a bit, but I'm I'm glad to be back on my feet. Um, and of course, you were away filming a movie. No big deal. What? 
Yeah, yeah. I got to go out um, and film a Western for four days. Um, and cool. yeah, I, I, I was out in the Arizona sunshine for like four days in a row and it was hot and I'm exhausted still from that. But I had a blast. So much fun. Um, the movie's not going to be out till next year, but when it comes out, I'll make sure everybody listening to this podcast knows about it. No. <laughs> Uh, I'll be sure to see it. Oh, excellent. I will, too. <laughs> Definitely go see it. So now that you're all caught up on our lives, um, <laughs> so what I what we want to do for this episode this week is, being that June is a, the month in which we celebrate Pride each year throughout the, the U.S., um, I thought it'd be a great uh, opportunity for us to come together and talk about moments in Star Wars where characters have moments of pride, things that they are proud of either themselves relationships what have you um but uh yeah there's so many there's so many wonderful moments of characters making statements of of being proud and being proud of who they are um so that's what we're going to look at in this episode we're going to basically look at uh three moments each um pretty much like like pt era or ot era um, or sequel era, or in Emily's case, other things. Um, but uh, <laughs> I'm excited to talk about moments in Star Wars that fill us with pride or fill characters with pride. Um, yeah. But before we hop into our topic, uh, yeah. Jason, we have been remiss to talk about the final of the musical Mayhem, which is now freakishly almost uh, two months away. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it was... It, it ended like a, a month ago and we haven't had a chance to talk about it because of the weirdness that has happened with our own schedules. But uh, the final matchup in our uh, musical mayhem was between Duel of the Fates and Across the Stars, which those are two like powerhouse pieces of, of music amongst the fandom. So that was really cool. Uh, um, and Carl, who won? Ah, Jason. So there. For, again, thank you to all of you who took the time to write write a new iTunes review for us. Um, they just really helped the show so much. Um, and probably through the month of July, we'll start reading those off on on air um, as we normally do. But without further ado, the winner of this year's Musical Mayhem giveaway was Ashley Bocom. So Ashley, thank you so much for your review. Um, hopefully you're listening right now and you can shoot us an email with your mailing address and I will get, be sure to get you your special edition, a new hope, uh, soundtrack to you ASAP. So congratulations, Ashley. Yes. Yes. Congratulations. Uh, but Carl, I'm, I have to know, I have to know, uh, between duel of the fates and across the stars, what came out on top? What was our winner? Our oh, sorry, <laughs> jumped the gun. It was this one. <laughs> so, duel of the fates one. <laughs> <laughs> We're a little rusty, folks. It's been a few weeks. Give us some time to get back on track together. <laughs> oh, but yes, it was. It wasn't that close, if I recall. Um, I was, I knew Duel of the Fates was going to win it all when it knocked off the force theme in the the final four. I was like, yeah. nothing from the other bracket will beat this now. 
Um, I was happy to see Across the Stars make it as far as it did, though. I'm not going to lie. I love that song. Yeah. yeah and, and I'm totally happy with this because if we all think back to our episode where we talked about our favorite you know, themes in Star Wars, this was my favorite. So uh, this was my number one. So I'm very happy with how this turned out. Um, <laughs> but remind me where Across the Stars landed on your list. Was it five? Um, I believe it was. Let me double check. I've got my notes here. But it's, it's cool to see that both of yours were. I didn't have either of those on mine. So, <laughs> uh, actually, it was an honorable mention. Oh, it okay, was, okay. Praise nice. was number. Praise theme was number five. But right. yeah, it was. It was on there. Yes, but bookended your yeah. list there. So, Indeed. Um, Emily, who who did you vote for? Did you vote in the final? Uh, I definitely did. Uh, if I remember right, I voted for Duel of the Fates. Uh, it's just an epic. I mean, both both pieces of music are very epic in very different ways. I just love Duel of the Fates much more. Hey, that's that's fair. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and again, shout out to you, Emily. You helped me make this list back in like I think March. <laughs> so. The, yeah, I all think the so. themes when for we the, were doing for, the uh, other the March Madness one too. Yeah. I'm still bummed that being the advisor to the Star Wars Club isn't a full-time job. So um, I am kind of bummed that being the president of the Star Wars Club is not a full-time <laughs> job. But uh, I have passed the club into good hands. Yeah. So. Well, I, yeah, whatever. I just miss it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do too. So um, before we jump into our, our moments of, of proud Star Wars characters – uh, I, I got to just say that um, I've, I've been spending a lot of time with uh, with a very special person lately, and uh, we just started re- watching the Star Wars movies, and she's, she's seen the originals but has never seen the prequels, so we started with episode one, of course, and she loves Jar Jar Binks. And not only does she love Jar Jar Binks, yeah, she found this great song that she shared with me like the, the, the day after we watched Phantom Menace. And it's a theme to Jar Jar Binks. Musical Jar Jar Binks. Jar 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 Binks. Meet me your humble servant. Jar 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 Binks. Jar 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 Binks. Oh, boy, boy, I love you. Jar 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 Binks. Musical Jar Jar Binks. How good is that? <laughs> God, I'm laying back in my seat <laughs> laughing right now. This is incredible. It's such a fun song. It's like perfect. We've been listening to it pretty much every day since she found it. Um, dancing down the street with this popping in my ears. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, so the person that made the song, uh, they they have a channel on YouTube, and their YouTube channel name is Royish Good Looks. Uh, and I, I actually shared this video a few days ago on our Twitter, but oh my, uh, Royish Good Looks has an, an incredible array of actually really cool Star Wars songs that they put together. But to me, this one it just takes the cake because it's so fun. Um, but yeah, Misa called Jar Jar Binks. Misa, yeah, humber serpent. How good is that? <laughs> Fantastic. I know. I'm so happy Squeeze Me is in there. 
Yeah, uh, that was her favorite Jar Jar line. So, squeeze me. But the most safest place is Gonga City. It's where I grew up. Now switch over, switch over to Dooku saying that. Oh. Excuse me. <laughs> the most, but the most safest place would be Gungan City. It's where I grew up. It is a hidden city. City? Can you take us there? Um, on second thought, uh, no, not really. No, no. No. It's embarrassing. Uh, I'm afraid I've been... I have forgotten. (laughs) That is the weirdest thing. Oh, my God. I love the way you can just switch back and forth. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh. I I might have to start doing that now. You you know, putting different character lines with different characters. It would be interesting to play around with. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. And it's all your fault, Carl. You're welcome. <laughs> um, so let's let's talk these moments from Star Wars that are you know all about all about feeling the pride. And uh, Jason, I want to start with you. Okay. What's the first moment you have for us? Um, do we want to go in any particular order? OT, PT, ST, anything like that, or can I just pick? I, I would say just pick. All right. Uh, well, I'm going to go ahead and, and start with uh, my moment from the sequel trilogy then. And this is a really short moment, and there's a bunch of different things that I could have picked. But I kind of like this one because it's sort of like a heat of the moment thing. Like, uh, you know, while chaos is happening around you and everything like that. Um, it, plus, I absolutely just love the scene that this is from and the music that's playing. So um, – that might also have played heavily into my decision-making on this one. Um, but essentially, the line is, uh, that's one hell of a pilot. <laughs> love it. I love so, it. Uh, you know, this is from the battle uh, uh, at Maz's castle after Poe Dameron and the Resistance swoop in to start saving Han, Finn, and Chewie. And Finn is getting down and getting ready to get dirty and, and help out the cause. And, you know, Poe just does his loop-de-loops and cartwheels and blows up TIE fighters, blast stormtroopers, you know, and everything like that. And and Finn is just so excited that, you know, this guy's on his side. They're on, you know, this is them. They're together. They're fighting together. And that guy's freaking amazing. And so he's excited he's proud and he's got to just let it out so he yells in the middle of a chaotic battlefield that's one hell of a pilot you know (laughs) so i i just find that such a you know a unique moment of that so i love it yeah that's ah i love that that's such a great obviously great moment and great scene um as poe takes out i believe it's 12 tie fighters um, I've counted it so many times. I want to say it's 12. It's, it might be it's, 10. It's 12 people. I think it's like eight TIE fighters and four troopers, if I recall correctly. So tempted to pull it up right now. Um, but uh, but I won't. Um, yeah, no, that's uh, that's such a good moment. And uh, like really Finn affirming whoever this is without even knowing who it is. Exactly. Oh, that's great. I love it. That's a really good moment, yeah. Um, and I love how Finn's joy is like feeding into his pride. 
you know, he's happy. I mean, obviously, he's happy that people are coming to help them, but he's really happy for this for this pilot, and he's proud of that pilot for doing something badass. And you know, later on, we find out that's Poe, and Finn finds out that's Poe, right. um, who he became friends with. But yeah, in the moment, he's just really happy and really proud for that pilot. Yeah, I love that moment, Jason. That's such a Jason pick. Nothing I would have ever thought of. Good stuff. <laughs> yeah, it. Uh... This list is full of Jason picks. It's nothing but Jason picks. So buckle up, buddy, everybody. <laughs> oh. um, Emily, what's your first pick? Uh, my first pick is uh, the one that Carl implied isn't from a movie. It's uh, from Star Wars Rebels, and it's Harris pride in her family, both like her biological family in her dad and in Jason. And her found family in Kanan and Ezra and Sabine and Zeb and Chopper. Um, And I really love that Hera's pride in her family is kind of the string that runs through all of Rebels. And um, we see it physicalized in, like, the Kalakori and the way that she calls um, Ezra and Sabine her kids. And I just really love that, like, she's, um, she's accepting of both kinds of family that you know she loves her biological family and she loves her found family and she's proud of both of them equally because sometimes it feels like that like found family gets pushed to the side in favor of biological family but i really love that like she's equally proud of both wow i love that that's awesome yeah i never thought of that like you. you are kind of a rebels guru um so it's cool that you have that on there because yes I, I am i love rebels a lot i I think about Hera. that show is about as often as uh, I think of, well, I don't know. I just don't think about it a lot. <laughs> what are you going to say, Jason? I, I was going to say Hera, Hera is a great pick for, for this kind of a list because she really does. She, she takes great pride not only in the individuals and people that make up her family, but the family as a whole. Uh, and also um, takes great pride in the fact that they uh, – take pride and help each other too. You know, her pride is, is sort of like this all encompassing, you know, thing that's wrapped up in, uh, you know, care and, uh, compassion and, and everything like that. So she's like, you know, a character built for this list. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. I love- yeah, she really is. Uh, she's got a lot of pride in her family and being part of the rebellion in the ghost crew. She's really great character. I love her a lot. Ah, I just, I I just got even more respect for her because of you right there, Emily. Like I I love that, that perfect middle stance, right. Of, uh, and, and, and it kind of almost an important way that there's a reminder that we can love both of those families. Right. Um, and probably in very different ways, um, but at the same time, right, you can you can be proud of, you know, where you biologically come from, but you can also be very proud of the people that you choose to be your family, too. Um, so kind of kind of holding almost like that tension and balance is what, you know, in a, in a kind of peculiar way. But to use Star Wars language, Hera does bring this kind of wonderful balance to the story of Rebels. Um, so that's I, I love that, Emily. That was that was great. Thank you. Well, Carl, what about you? You, what's your first moment that you got for us today? Well, uh, I'm 
I'm not smart enough to think beyond going chronologically. So I'm going to go start with the prequels, and uh, it's it's going to go to the character that uh, that in, in inspired part of the episode, which is good old Jar Jar Binks. Um, it's it's that moment when he is talking to Queen Amidala on Coruscant, and she's trying to figure out what to do. Uh, right, the vote's not going her way, and Jar Jar says, "You know, Gungans get pasted too, eh? I hope not." Then what does he say, Jason? Because I can't do the voice. Gungans no dying without a fight. We the warriors. We still got a grand army. That's what you're not liking us, Misa thinks. <laughs> That's right, buddy. Uh, and more than anything, it's it's not even so much the words as it is that moment when he pound like he pumps his chest, like he kind of hits his chest in this way of pride, right? Like kind of just that that body language that universally we all know, right? Like when you say something, you're proud of it, you might like kind of thump your chest a bit, right? Um, and that's what I love about that moment there is um, Jar Jar is so incredibly proud of where he comes from. He's so incredibly proud of that Gungan culture, even though it ostracized him. Again, I think that's just, there's something really beautiful about the way Jar Jar still takes pride. And, and in a lot of ways, I would even say it really helps to even better explain probably the pain he's carrying having been ostracized by that community, right? He loves it so much. He's so proud of them that he probably sadly continues to see himself as the problem, even though he's not, right? His clumsiness is what, you know, ultimately saves the day in Phantom Menace. Um, but, you know, I just, I love that moment there where, where Jar Jar just really, really stands up for the the people he came from and um you know and in, in, in a very jar jar way i mean everything about what he says there is so simple you know we've got a grand army we're tough we can take this but he also has like this kind of like global wherewithal to be like that's why you know like anesmisa thinks right like he <laughs> understands that for the naboo people right the the people that live in feed who are kind of like these extreme pacifists jar jar understands that they don't hold to the same ideals as his gungan people but Jar Jar kind of exemplifies the best of the Gungans in a lot of way, right? Um, that they are these, like, there is this beautiful culture that really does uh, also really value wonder and beauty. I mean, look at Otto Gunga. I'd rather live in Otto Gunga than the Palace of Thede, personally. Um, but, yeah, so that's that's my moment, my first moment that I was thinking of. That's Yeah, I, I love that because I love how it shows how thoughtful Jar Jar is, um, too, in that he recognizes that this thing that I'm proud of is the thing that's also caused conflict between our two cultures. But he's not, like, being arrogant about being proud of his culture. He's just like, we're a warrior culture. We can stand up for ourselves. And I think that's probably why you don't like us that much. Yeah. 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 It's it's good. It's good. It's so good, Carl, that that's my pick from the the PT. Yay, I thought it might be. <laughs> Carl floated this idea to me, and I was like, I've already got one, and this was it. Um, so, yeah, no, I absolutely love this scene, too, uh, for, for this uh, this list. Jar Jar, Jar Jar does take great pride in, in his culture and where he comes from and the people that... Um, that he's a part of uh, but he he does it in a way that still while still not diminishing anything that he has come from he still does it in a way that's uh gentle and uh you know what's the word i'm looking for thoughtful of 
of Queen Amidala and and her thoughts on all of it. And, and he's not just throwing it out there to say, ha ha, we're proud and we're a warrior culture and that's why we're awesome. He's like, no, no, we, this is what, who we are. This is what we do. And I'm, I'm proud of this, but that, you know, that's, I think that might be why where there's some, some tension here, you know, he, he's, he does it with gentleness and, and thoughtfulness, but he doesn't let that diminish his, his pride for, for where he came from in the slightest. So, uh, I, I don't want to repeat things that have been already said, but that was just something else that I wanted to, to think of because he he doesn't diminish at all his, the pride that he has for this, but he does it in a way that that isn't in your face and isn't you know uh, confrontational for someone who probably you know to his point of view probably doesn't view that culture uh, uh, with much enthusiasm shall we say um so he he manages to find a nice little way to do it without just shoving it in the queen's face like you know this would have never happened if we'd been in charge kind of a thing you know he he doesn't do that yeah yeah great points yeah it's it's just it's such a good one right um I mean, plus Jar Jar is just so good and innocent, pure all the way through that, you know, he wouldn't even think to do something like that anyways. Um, but, <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love Jar Yeah. It's it's so great. Um, so, well, then, well, I guess we just rounded back to you, Jason. So, Emily, what's your next what's your next moment or next? Uh, we're going to stay in the Phantom Menace. Yes. Uh, and my next moment is Anakin showing Padme C. Pierpio. Um, oh. and the way, like, I really love this scene, um, because it's such an innocent kind of pride. Um, you know, the way that he gets excited and he drags Padme in his room, like, I want to show you the droid that I'm building. Um, it, it's so innocent and it's kind of like when, all right, this might be unique to me because I know Carl doesn't do Legos. Uh, it's kind of like when you're a little kid and you build something cool out of Legos and like you run around your house showing everyone, like, hey, look at this cool thing I built. You're not doing it out of a place of like arrogance or something. You're doing it at a place of, like, I accomplished something. And this is really cool to me. Um, and another reason why I like this scene is because Anakin knows that to survive, he needs to be worthwhile. So his... What he learned was to build things. And, you know, he built C-3PO, he built the pod racer. Um, and this, him uh, showing off C-3PO is him saying, I have worth. This is where my worth is. I might be a slave, but I still have value. I love that. Yeah. That's, that's so good, Emily. I really, really love that. That's a great moment. You you mentioned that moment, and I just I just grinned. Thank you. It made <laughs> me so happy. Sorry, I interrupted you, Carl. No, no, you didn't. Um, I, I, I just, yeah, I mean, I love what you just said, and I, interestingly enough, I actually I did a um, I did a table read with some friends uh, over Zoom a couple weekends ago, where we did a table read of Phantom Menace, and. One, I only had a few small parts, but I was three PO, so this scene was exciting because it was the most I got to talk. Um, but uh, um, yeah, I love that. I I love that new lens to now see this scene, Emily, with 
right? Anakin does take tremendous pride in in building three PO, which also you know equals his pride at building his own racer, right? Like, you want to see how Zach? I'm building a pod racer, right? Like he's. I love the way you construed that, Emily. Like he is a piece of property um, as a slave, obviously, and yet is still able to create, you know, create a sense of value for himself through what he builds. And um, yeah, I mean, both three PO and that pod racer just goes to show that Anakin truly, as Shmi says, deserves more than a slave's life. Yeah. Yeah. He really does. But, and, and that's so great that, you know, he, he does have that moment to take pride in what he does and, you know, show it off a little bit, you know, not, not out of, you know, arrogance, like you said, Emily, but just out of like, like, this is, this is what I was able to do. Look, look how far I've come, you know, and even at a young age, like he's, he's maybe 10 at oldest, but nine, most likely, you know, it's like, and he's building pod racers and droids. I mean, I was barely able to tie my shoes properly at that age. <laughs> I exaggerate slightly, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. And that's great. Um, well, I, thought, so I guess back yeah. to you, Carl. Yeah. Yeah. So my next moment um, from the original trilogy uh, comes from uh, Empire Strikes Back. And it's, it's the clip I played at the top of the show there, which is Han and Leia's love confession in the Carbonite Chamber. Um, I think that this is a tremendous moment of pride for Leia and Han, and it's a new kind of pride for Leia, right? Like, it, there are countless examples of of Leia being proud and showing that pride, and specifically the rebellion and in the alliance. Um, but what I love about this moment and why I find it, it, it's because it's kind of this emotional high point for both these characters, where they can finally take pride in something personal. Right. And I think specifically for Leia, that's huge. Leia physically, like I love the way that it's acted by Carrie Fisher in that moment. She steps forward as she confesses, I love you. Right. Um, It's kind of like she's finally stepping out. She's stepping out to speak her truth here, which is I love this man. And it's something she's kind of been trying to deny throughout the movie. Um, And yet in this moment, she can't help but just take pride and i think she's also very proud of what han is doing here right she understands that he was willing to go to these lengths to also say i love you or to also say i know right and kind of in this moment you have these two wonderful characters these two characters who are very proud characters in very different ways right like leia is very proud of the alliance she has helped to build Han is very proud of himself. <laughs> um, but here we see them being proud for something outside of themselves. Leia is proud of who Han has grown into and is proud of the fact that she loves that man. And Han is proud of the fact that he also was willing to fall in love again. Um, and I've, really, I've come to love this moment even more in light of Solo, um, specifically that moment at the end of Solo when Kira and Han have their... what Han doesn't know it's their final kiss, but when Kira says... Go save Chewbacca. He needs you and you're going to need him. I, again, see this moment in the Carbonite Chamber as Han's fulfillment of that. This is Han saying to, to Chewie, you need Le- you know, Leia needs you and you're going to need her too, right? It's him also making sure that people he loves are taken care of. Um, and I think that's something to be proud of. Uh, I think it's something incredibly proud of when you are willing to be – to put yourself out there to love someone because it's not easy. It's hard. It's scary. 
Um, and I think that's what we've seen Leia and Han kind of trying to hide from for much of the, the Empire Strikes Back. But here in this moment, um, yes, it is a critical moment, but it's a moment where it's incredibly important that they speak the truth. And what's really fascinating, too, is that in a way it's being spoken in hell, right? Like that's what, you know, Cloud City is meant to mimic with its imagery and its colors and color palette. We're down in this smoky, billowy place that's all orange and the color of fire. But it's here where their passion is finally able to be spoken out, even in front of their enemies, of all people, right? They're making this first love confession in front of Darth Vader and Boba Fett, <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> but that, for me, is, is, is in a moment of, I think, quite beautiful pride. And they're not just speaking the truth. Um, this was just something I picked up when we were talking Carl, uh, they're speaking their truth and they're being proud of their truth, which is sometimes something that's hard to do, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it is a def- definitely a, a more unique uh, form of, of pride in this case um, because it is so personal and it's so foreign to both of these characters um, in this kind of thing. So it's, it, you know, obviously Leia is is all about. I mean, she's full of pride for the rebellion. You know what they've accomplished and who they are and what they're doing. But any sort of personal pride is definitely something that um, is is new for her. And while while Han is you know proud and arrogant and cocky and boasting about you know things about him like his skills and things like that being proud of something interpersonal like this um, outside of someone like Chewbacca is also new and unique for him. So this is a really big moment for both of them. You're right, Carl. And, and it's a, it's a, it's a good one. It's a really good one. And, and it's not something that, you know, thinking of pride that you would normally think of something like this, but it is, you know, it's a lot of other things too, but yes, it's a moment yeah. of pride. Yeah. And I think, um, yeah, it's, I think in a way what they're proud of in this moment is it's, it's a both end. They're proud of one another for where they've grown to. Again, Han's grown out of that selfishness. Leia's, Leia's grown out of her kind of coldness. Yet at the same time, while they're proud of seeing that in each other, they're also proud of seeing what the other sees in them. I realize I'm probably making really weird word uh, gymnastics right now, but right, like, when Han sees that love reflected back to him, how can you not be proud of yourself? And same with Leia. When Leia sees this person she's in love with reflecting love back to her, how can she not be proud of who she is? Even more so. Um, so, yeah. I just love that moment. Yeah. Oh, it's good. It's good stuff. Um, so, do you have a moment then from the originals then? Is that what you're going to close out with? Uh, why, yes. Yes, it is. Um so my moment for the originals, and this is a total, total, absolute Jason pick, and it's not very, uh, it, it's it's pretty obvious when you think about it. Uh, we're going to go to Return of the Jedi, and we're just going to go to the the final celebration sequence. Um, you know, there in the treetops of Endor, the rebellion gets a chance to celebrate uh, with their newfound friends with each other. Uh, they're telling all their stories, you know, Lando talking to Chewie. They're congratulating each other. There's a sense of relief 
happiness, joy of success, and pride. Pride for what they've accomplished. Pride that they were able to pull off something absolutely, you know, almost unheard of. Um, you know that they were able to do this, and and then there's even a more personal moment too. You know, as Luke looks away from the party and sees the Force ghosts of Yoda. Obi-Wan and Anakin appear and they are proud of him and what he did and how he was able to influence events. Um, it is it is just an absolute wonderful moment. There's no words spoken really in all of it, obviously, but it's full of, of so many things and pride is definitely one of the big things on there and I love this moment. It's a, it, I love this moment for so many reasons um, in general, but when I was coming up with this list, this was definitely something that popped into my mind very early on. And I was like, well, I, I don't know. Do I want to be something do, so obvious? And I was like, yes, I do. I do want to be so obvious in this one. But yeah, uh, I, I absolutely love this. And it's, it's a pride in accomplishment. It's a pride in uh, you know, being able to, to say we, we did this. We did the impossible when nobody thought we could. And, and I love it. That's a great moment. I mean, yeah, what's what's not to be proud of? Literally, in that in that moment, where they're, yeah, like you said, they're just they're celebrating what seemed to be an impossible task, and they did it because they did it together. Um, yeah. So that's a lot to be proud of. Um, and even kind of going back to you know, um, you know, kind of that point Emily made with Hera, you know, really being proud of also your found family. Um, I think this is as well as your biological family, right? For, for Luke and Leia, this is a very profound moment for the two of them, but it's also about all of them. And, you know, just, um, yeah, the way that by working together, they toppled an empire and, you know, it's, it's so cool. I love like when Luke shakes Wedge's hand and kind of slaps him on the shoulder, like again, like that, you did it. Um, the way Chewie and Lando embrace, and then Lando's explaining to Chewie how they did it, right? Uh, he's so proud of that maneuver. Um, and I think, he, like, looking specifically at Lando, Lando is, you know, Lando kind of like Han is, is no stranger to bragging about what he's good at. But the way, he's not bragging in this moment, right? He's just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did this. And it matters so much to him because it helped the Alliance win. Right. Again, it's being proud of something that you accomplished outside of yourself that, you know, what you've grown into has impacted the world all around you. And I think for once, like Lando's got a lot of probably personal things to be proud of. But this is one the whole galaxy saw. And I think he's pretty proud of the impact he had. Yeah, no, absolutely. They all are. But that, yeah, that Lando in particular and then the the moment with. Luke and the Force Ghosts are really the ones that um, really jump out to me and and strike me uh, with this scene. I, I love how everyone's in the scene is basically part of accomplishing the impossible. You know, it was it was going to be impossible for the rebellion to defeat a second Death Star, but they did. It should have been impossible for Luke to redeem the monster that is his father, but he does. You know, it, it should have been impossible for the Ewoks, the the primitive Ewoks, to win against a technologically superior empire, but they do. 
and it's a really cool look at um, basically pride in doing the impossible or what seems like the impossible. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone gets to share in the pride there. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Um, That's my last one for the day. Uh, Emily, I think it's over to you. Yes, it is. And we're going to jump to The Last Jedi, uh, to Canto Bite and Rosenfinn's conversation about why Rose joined the Resistance. Um, I see this as Rose expressing her pride in being a part of the Resistance uh, as an extension of being proud of her family and where she comes from. Because the whole reason she joined the Resistance was because the First Order destroyed her family and destroyed her homeworld things that she's very proud of. So for her, and this is a pride that's rooted in, it, it's rooted in anger, but not necessarily in a negative way. Um, she's using that anger to fuel the good that she does later on with the resistance. And she's proud of everything that she's done with that organization. And she's proud that she can help other people. And she's proud that she's part of this community, this new community, this new family for her. Uh, even when things get bad, she's still proud to be a part of that. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a good moment. It's a good pick. I like it. You know, it's, it is, you know, proud of being proud of something that, you know, in a sense really doesn't exist anymore. You know, it's, it's, there's pride in the memories pride in things that um, that once were and pres- and that pride helps to preserve those things in a sense so it's it's really really sweet and important yeah yeah it's rose brings in a in a really powerful way cuz rose is a kind of new sort of character in star wars um, where, you know, she really is just kind of the working person, right? Like she's, she's the grunt, she's the mechanic and yet, right. Kind of continuing that theme of star Wars of unlikely heroes. She's incredibly proud of what her station is in life. She's incredibly proud of her sister and what they've accomplished together by being part of the resistance. Um, you know, and, and that's continually personified um, by the way she kind of rubs that amulet that she wears, right? The, the half amulet she and, and her sister share together. Do either of you remember what that amulet's called? I I can't remember. Oh, uh, I don't remember. I just remember it's in, like, it's like half of a yin-yang. Right. That's all I remember I, about I, it. I remember it's made out of uh, Haitian smelt. Yeah, right. That's true. Yeah. So <laughs> we don't know. I'm sure it's on the visual guide and some of it is, someone's yelling at us right now. But, um, right, but if think I, of it is out of reach so i can't <laughs> it's out of luck yeah so uh but also right like she, she though specifically is she's flying into the battle of crate and she kind of rubs it that one time you know i've always interpreted that as her of just rubbing it for good luck but i think it might be more than that emily kind of like with what you were just saying is i think it's kind of just taking pride right she, it, it, like she's proud of what she's doing right now it's, she's touching that because she was always proud of her sister um, and proud of what she did. Um, so it could be a little bit of that too. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
Rose has a lot of things to be proud of. And I think that, like, her the necklace that she shares with her sister, and she has that um, resistance ring, too, that has, like, the hidden symbol uh, that she gives to that broom boy kid. Um, she's a lot of ways of showing her pride, too. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I love it. Um, Fantastic. Well, I might as well give my final one. I suppose you should. Uh, <laughs> staying in the sequel trilogy, uh, I'm going to go to uh, Rise of Skywalker. And it's the moment when uh, Ray has her final goodbye to Leia before they leave for their mission to... Um, uh, oh my gosh, why am I blanking on that desert? Pisana, right? And oh. as she leaves Leia and Leia embraces her and just says, never be afraid of who you are. Um, I think... I think a lot of things about this moment. <laughs> um, I think in, in a lot of ways, it's Leia also speaking out of her own experience, right? She was never afraid of who she was. Um, and if you've read uh, Claudia Gray's Bloodline, um, I think this also has a really big tie-in to what Ray is going to experience in Episode Nine when she learns she's a Palpatine, right? Uh, in a lot of ways, Leia was embarrassed of her bloodline, right? She was embarrassed that she was the granddaughter of Darth Vader um, and really struggled to believe that um, she's actually the granddaughter of Anakin Skywalker, his true self, right? Um, And Leia kind of suffered some consequences in bloodline because of her trying to keep that out of the public view. And I think for Leia, she knows that you can be proud of who you are no matter where you come from, right? Even if people do find out you are the grandchild of one of the worst people ever. It doesn't mean that that's what you are too, right? So I think Leia knows that. Just because I was related to Darth Vader didn't diminish any of the work that I've accomplished. And I think she's also very proud of Rey when Rey's getting ready to leave. um, She's really proud of what Rey has grown into, right? The previous scene when Rey's like, you know, I'm going to go, I'm going to go find the Emperor. And Leia says, no, I'm going to, you know, I'll do it without your blessing. It's what you would do, right? Um, that's who Leia is. And, and that's kind of what Leia has, uh, Ray has become. Ray has become a person of action. She's going to go do what needs to be done, just like Leia always did. Um, and I think that those words, I don't know that Leia necessarily expects this to be her last time interacting with Ray. I don't think she knows that fully at that moment. But I think she knows what Ray's probably going to stumble into. She's going to stumble into this dark part of her own history. And Leia is saying, hey, no matter what you learn, whatever you, whatever you uncover on this adventure you're about to go on, know that it doesn't change who you are, right? Um, and you should always be proud of who you are no matter what you come from. And, and I find that just to be an incredibly, incredibly beautiful message, especially you know here in, in, as we kind of start to close out the month of pride. And right, how important it is for all of us to remember, no matter what our identities, no matter how we identify or any of that, that we should be proud of who we are because we should never be afraid of anything that we are. Um, and, and I think Leia sees that fullness of what Ray is capable of being um, and, and is reminding Ray to be proud of herself, especially when it gets hard because she knows how hard it's about to get for, for Ray. And I, I love that just simple, beautiful piece of, of wisdom, which is always be proud. 
no matter what you learn, no matter what mistakes you might make, no matter what people might think or say about you, be proud of you. Um, so I love that moment. Yeah, that's that's really good. And you're right. You know, she knows she knows kind of what what Ray might be about to experience, you know, because she went through it. Darth Vader was the most visible bad guy in the galaxy, and she found out she was directly related to him. Like, you know, that's that's a big deal. She knew that Ray was related to Palpatine, who really was the baddest of the bad guys, but, you know, wasn't the most visible in terms of public perception. But that's huge. That's terrible. And, you know, someone who, as someone who, you know, had to make peace with her relationship with Vader um, and how difficult that was for her. She's trying to really instill a sense of pride and and belief in her in oneself in Ray at this point to to prepare her for what's about to come, and and that's a very important thing. Um, being able to to just tell Ray that I'm proud of you. Never be afraid of who you are, uh, and and that instilling that within her. I'm sure was definitely something that um, helped Ray get through the tr- the struggles that she ended up facing. It took her a little bit, obviously, you know, and she took a detour back to Octo and all that stuff, but she came around. And, you know, hopefully we all do. And Ray's probably not had a lot of people in her life tell her that you know, someone that they're proud of her. You know, she basically grew up on an orphan on a desert planet. Uh, Unkar Plot wasn't exactly the uh, fatherly type. So this may even just be the first time that someone said, I'm proud of you and you should be proud of who you are. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. And who better to tell you that they're proud of you than Leia, <laughs> the mother of Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, Arguably, the only thing better would be having Shmi tell you that she's proud of you. you who's know, also the mother of the whole Skywalker. Class. I was literally there is that. Yes, I was literally just thinking that Emily. That <laughs> how sim. In, in a, it'd be a great scene comparison. The moment when Anakin leaves in Episode One, you know, and the most important thing he needs to hear in that moment: don't look back. Yeah, it'll haunt you. Um, yeah. Whereas with Right. The the young Skywalker leaving the mother Skywalker. And now you've got that again in Rise of Skywalker with Leia, the mother Skywalker to be, you know, to the adopted Skywalker. Um, never be afraid of who you are. Right. Like, the, oh, gosh, Emily, I love that you brought in Shmi because that's kind of it, right. As you were making those points, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so much like Phantom Menace. Right. Um, yeah. Those moments match up really, really well. Shmi is such a great mother figure in Star Wars, and I wish we had gotten more of her. And she is the mother figure in Star Wars. I mean, like, no. yeah, <laughs> I love her so much. I, we, I'm so glad a while back we did that episode all about Shmi, the mother of Skywalkers, because she deserves every bit of praise that that we can heep upon her. Uh, I love Shmi so much. Yeah. 
All I want is to make Shmi proud, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so, yeah, who doesn't? She's, she's already proud of you, Jason. Uh, <laughs> that brings warm feelings to my heart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, well, Jeepers, that's going to... We, we kind of hit all our big moments. I mean, again, there are so many more we could have said. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, oh, I, I love it. Uh, so many things in Star Wars to be proud of. So many characters that are proud of one another, proud of themselves. Um, so, as always, with any of these types of shows, we invite you, you know, if there's any moments that really fill you with pride in Star Wars, be sure to share them with us. Because um, we, we'd sure love to hear them. Absolutely. You know, the, we only scratch the surface, folks. So, um, we'd love to hear all, all the other ones that you, you have out there. Yeah. Um, so Emily, thanks again for, for coming on to, to talk about this with us. Thanks for having me guys. I had a blast. Yeah, good. Um, yeah. So, you know, uh, boy, world's still a bit of a crazy, scary place, but I think there's a lot we can be proud of. Um, and that's, that's something that I always, always, geez, I've really only been involved for a few years, but something I really appreciate um, about, you know, Pride Month in June is the fact that I think we all can learn something about what, what that whole movement is about, you know, regardless of whether we're part of, you know, the LGBTQ community or not, is I think there's something beautiful about the month of Pride where, you know, it invites all of us, no matter where we fall, um, to just, you know, think about what, what we're proud about in ourselves and are we doing good work in affirming others and being proud of who they are, no matter how who they are and how they love and all of that good stuff. Um, so, you know, Star Wars always reminds us it's important to be proud. It's important to be proud of yourself. It's important to be proud of others. And it's important to tell people that you're proud of them. Um, because kind of like you were saying, Emily, with that last point, right? Ray had never had anyone ever say to you, I'm proud of you. She finally gets that in this moment, you know, in a very, in a very deep and personal way. Um, so... Let's make sure we're reminding each other that we're proud of each other. <laughs> yeah. If, if you are proud of someone in your life, please tell them because that could make a world of difference in their life. Um, we, you know, so many times we're just like, ah, they know. Maybe they don't. And even if they do, it still helps to, to hear it. So anyway, that's my PSA. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, this is this is really good. I'm really glad we did this. Um, yeah, yeah, me too. This was a blast, as, as things always are. I'm glad that we're back in the flow of things. That the layers back. <laughs> Indeed. And so. a- again, Emily, thank you for taking the time to come on, especially after only your second day of your new job. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks for having me again, guys. It was it was really fun, uh, Carl. Uh, before we close things out, we we've got a. We got to get back to our our regularly scheduled matchups now that our our musical mayhem tournament's over. Yes. Um, so we've got a matchup for you guys, folks, and I think this is going to be fun. Uh, we're going to pit a couple of uh, scoundrels against each other, shall we say? We got Cassian Andor versus Tobias Beckett. Um. I think this is going to be cool. I want to see what people think about that one. I don't, I don't know who I would pick yet, um, but I'm really looking forward to this one, yeah, folks. 
Uh, and Carl, if people want to weigh in on anything we talked about today or weigh in on the matchup, where can they do that, sir? Well, as always, you can find us on Twitter at Wampas Lair. Um, we are also on Facebook at Wampas Lair Podcasts. And you can always email us at Wampas Lair Podcast at gmail.com. Emily, if folks want to keep up with you and things you have to say about Star Wars and apparently analyzing dirt and water, um, where can they do that? Uh, you can find me on Twitter as at VHJedi. Well, I think that's going to wrap this one up. What do you think, Jason? I think it does. I think it does. Well, thank you once again, everyone. Uh, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Thank you for coming. This has been episode number 386 of the Wampus Letter Podcast. Be proud. For Carl and Emily, I'm Jason, and we'll see you next time here in the Wampus Letter. Today with the brisky morning munching. <laughs> <laughs>